Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Today is Tuesday. It's the 19th of January, 2016. Let's go ahead and get some of that contact info out of the way. If you want to contact me, I've got the voicemail, which is 206-745-2731. You can record your own audio or uh, write me an email, and you can send that to me at firearmscafe at gmail.com, all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. There are buttons for Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube over on the website. You can check those out. I also have a Amazon search box, although nobody really ever seems to use that anymore, so I think I might be getting rid of it. And I've also got a PayPal donation button. So if you want to contribute to the show, you can do that uh, those two different ways. All right, I went to the range and shot a new acquisition. So I'm going to drop that in, and then when I get back, we'll talk a little bit more. Hey, everybody, what's going on? You're with me in the mobile studio, a.k.a. my truck, and I'm driving out to the range. A few shows ago, I think maybe it was even the last show, too, I talked about that. I wanted to try out a new handgun. I wanted to buy a new handgun and I was kind of waiting for one to come up at the right price and the handgun that I wanted was the HK VP9 and I actually was able to purchase one. I got one not too long ago and I have some time today to go out to the range so I thought well I'll take you guys with me and we'll sort of see how it goes. Now, the, uh, the guy that I bought the firearm from, uh, it was a kind of a package deal that he was selling. And the, the price was a very good, it was a fair price for the stuff that I ended up getting. So I ended up getting the actual pistol, and he had replaced the I guess they call it like their luminous sights or whatever. He had replaced those with some Trigicon night sights. And he had also bought a threaded barrel from HKparts.net, which is, I think it's RMC or RCM or something like that. I can't remember the actual manufacturer. But anyway, he had a threaded barrel that he had bought. He also had, and this was the thing that sort of pushed it over the edge for me, was he had seven mags in total. So I had seven magazines. The price that I paid for all that stuff was, uh, again, I thought a very uh, a decent price, a fair price. And he, when I was talking to the guy, he said, yeah, I had some people that were offering different things for me, but nobody had all the, the money that he wanted. I don't know if maybe people offered him maybe partial things. Well, I'll take this, that, but I, you know, I don't need the, maybe the extra barrel, or I don't need this, that, and the other thing. Oh, and also the barrel came with the thread protector, which if you go on H, uh, HKParts.net, remember I talked about that on the last show. If you go over there, you know, you can you can see all the stuff. So I thought I got a good deal on it, and uh, am pleased with it. Right now, uh, I think he's got like the small 
backstrap and then maybe the medium or the large panels. I'd have to actually see which panels are on there. I think maybe the medium one. So I haven't done really too much with that as far as messing around with the different uh, configurations with the grip. But eventually I'll do that and I'll see kind of which one is going to fit fit me pretty good. Now the way that the gun is set up now, it fits pretty well. It does, it's funny, it does take some getting used to. I've done a lot of dry firing with it. I've, I did initial cleaning. I did kind of a cursory cleaning, you know, probably just did kind of like the, your basic field strip and then cleaned it that way. I will probably, after today, I'm doing some shooting, actually somewhat disassemble the slide, meaning I'll take the, uh, the striker assembly out and just sort of clean that and then really do a, a real good cleaning on it. I don't know if I'll tackle a, a detailed strip of the frame and everything like that. It's different than, of course, a Glock. The Glock has a lot, a lot fewer moving parts, I guess as far as if you're going to do a detail strip. It's actually pretty easy to do a detail strip of the Glock and take everything apart and really get in there and clean everything and look at everything. And it's it's not that I feel that it's sort of beyond me, but I would not... There, there's not a lot... Because the gun is relatively new, there's not a lot of information or videos out there that show... The, you know the detail strip uh, there's some some websites there was a, a couple that I that I saw uh, that led me over there we go thanks bud so there are a couple of websites out there that have kind of like forum type posts that show the frame disassembly and there's a, a one video that I found that I think maybe has part, part to do with hk.net or hkparts.net whatever it's called where they kind of they're putting in a new trigger spring and so they do kind of a pretty good disassembly but the video isn't as detailed as I would like you know you go on there and you look at AR videos and there's you know tons of stuff that, with lots of good views same thing with Glock disassembly. Um, and the disassembly that I've seen of the frame, like I said before, it, it's not that it's super complicated, uh, but generally I like to to be able to kind of look at several different things and, and uh, come at it from some different angles. Uh, but anyway... I will go to the range today. I don't have any um, defensive ammo that I'm going to shoot through. I'm pretty much just shooting some uh, white box, just Winchester white box. And I'm going to shoot what I've got is about 160 rounds. So I'll shoot that. Um, I may shoot a, a little more, uh, but that's about what I've got. And we'll we'll kind of see how that goes. So that will allow me to shoot all the magazines do all the stuff that I want. Um, as far as like trying to get like 
little minuscule groups or anything like that. I'm not really going for that. Pretty much just what I'm doing today is just the functionality of the gun, kind of the feel of it. But getting back to the dry firing and the stuff that I did, boy, the, the gun is, it's, I really like that trigger. I'm getting used to the reset. I've got to where if I just barely rotate the gun a little bit, I can use the paddle with my thumb. Uh, so I'm, that's something I have to kind of get used to. Because I'm so used to using the, the, the button style mag release, especially with the Glock, I even doing dry firing when I was doing uh, magazine changes, I found myself automatically wanting to go for the thumb, you know, to do the thumb. And so I'm trying to see if I like, you know, using my, my trigger finger to come back and access that paddle. You still have to kind of break, I guess, the firing grip a little bit. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm going to mess around with the, with the different inserts and see maybe if I can get a thing where I could just do it with my thumb without rotating it. I've talked before, you know, everybody's hands are different, everybody has different size. I probably have like a large size hand, not an extra large or anything, but I have a large size hand, but my fingers are a little, are, are and my thumb, I have kind of like those hobbit thumbs. So I've got a shorter thumb, but my, but because my palm is a little bit bigger, I can generally you know, hold and get a grip, get a good grip on any type of gun. But like I said, with that, with the, like with the Glock, I have to kind of rotate the gun just a little bit to be able to get my thumb down there to hit that magazine release. And it's sort of going to be the same with that HK with the, with the paddle. But I tell you what, I actually do kind of like that paddle release quite a bit through the dry firing that I've done. Um, now, as far as being able to, I don't have a holster for it yet, so obviously I can't carry it. Obviously I need to shoot whatever defensive ammo I'm going to shoot through that. And conventional wisdom is to shoot around 200 rounds. And some people will ask, well, why 200? Why can't you just shoot maybe, you know, 50 or so? 200 rounds, you know, if, if you, with factory ammunition, pretty much any ammunition there's going to be slight variances so if you were if you took 200 rounds of let's say uh, Remington Golden Saber which is what I've been carrying for a long time and if you take those rounds and you put them all on a digital scale and you weigh them all you're going to find variation you're also going to find if you take a pair of calipers and you measure them you're going to find slight variation in bullet set, the bullet depth, how how uh, how de how far down it's seated. So you're going to have variation in the overall length of the of the case and the bullet together. So the reason you want to go through around 200 rounds is it will give you it's going to run you through a lot of those variations. And so if your gun will function with those 200 rounds. And you don't have a magazine failure or things like that. And that's something, too, that, you know, by going through those rounds, you can kind of rule out, oh, well, magazine number two, mm, I, I'm, I'm having some trouble with it. And again, some guns, 
just don't like some ammo. Maybe it's the geometry of the bullet with the geometry of their feed ramp and their magazine, everything else. Some stuff just works better. Uh, like I said, I, I, and I also don't have a holster for it yet. I will probably make one. Uh, I may actually uh, buy, buy a certain one that, that I've got my eye on, I've been looking at, uh, and, and we'll give that a shot. But I've made holsters before, and so I'm familiar with it. I, I'm confident that I can make a good Kydex one. And I think I talked about before that you, um, as far as like innovation or this and that, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel. Pretty much a, a, for a holster to be a holster and to do the things it needs to do, there's only so many things that you can do, and then some parts of it maybe just comes down to how it looks, or maybe you're going to cut out a certain part here and there, especially with Kydex. But it, you know, it has to hold the, the, the firearm securely. It also has to, to cover the trigger guard. Uh, and then it has to be somewhat ergonomically designed for you to be able to get a good firing grip on it and be able to draw. So, uh, having said that, I found that for me, for my limited skill set that I have with making a holster, that a hybrid holster... So one made with Kydex and, uh, and leather seemed to work the best for me. That's kind of what I'm going to be doing. I'll probably make one. And if I buy one, I may... I don't know. There's a... there's a, What's it called? Uh, like... Uh, dang it, I can't remember the name of it. Um but he's a local guy, uh, not local here, but I mean, he's like his own, like a small business type thing, and I can't remember the name of it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, later when I'm doing stuff at home, when I'm going over and doing some stuff, I'll let you guys know. I am also was wanting to maybe try one of Jason Christensen's holster, I think that's his last name, Christian Christensen, I think that's it. Uh, for the VP9, I know he's got some, so I'm going to contact him and uh, have him probably make me one, and then I'll, I'll be able to give his a try and I'll be able to give a review. I know Chaz over at Rogue Dinner really likes his stuff a lot, and uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that a thing. Now, years ago, well, it's been what, uh, it's 2016 now, so, oh... About uh, three and a half years ago, I guess, when I did that Mag 40 class, Jason was out there. And I got to see some of his holsters and uh, some of the things that he did. And they, they're pretty high quality. So, like I said, it, I, I may end up buying one from him. Uh, and then, like I said, have maybe make, you know, for the carry so I can have a really good high quality one that's made from a, an actual holster maker. And uh, then maybe for stuff that just for goofing around at the range or maybe having a class holster to where I don't care if it gets, you know, beat to crap, I'll just make some of those. So, all right, well, I am turning into the gun range. I am going to try and maybe record some of the shots. I don't, eh, I don't know if it'll be that great um, sounding audio. We'll see. 
but I'll have maybe a first few shots and maybe talk about some of the impressions. But it's, it's sometimes with that, if, especially if there's other people, it's so dang loud that it, it you know, almost, you know, all you hear is just like bang, 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 bang. So it's not really that great. So anyway, if that works out, I'll do it. If not, I'll uh, give you my guys' impressions when I get done and we're heading back home. I put about 160 rounds through the gun and I didn't really shoot at distance except for kind of one thing. Overall I had no failures to feed, I had no failures to eject. Of course I was shooting, I was just shooting basically target ammo, I was only shooting um, Winchester white box so the 115 grain. So, I did have one of my magazines that, for whatever reason, at times, and I, I had numbered it, at times it didn't seem to want to drop free. The, all the other magazines kind of would pop right out. But for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe if it got gunked up a little bit, or maybe that this was... And what it looks like is maybe that the guy that I got the magazine from, he may have had... It looks like this. these magazines, the, the one that I had a little bit of a problem with, it was a little bit more well-worn. So I don't know what exactly it was, but I would go ahead and hit that paddle release and it would just sort of sit there. I mean, I could pull it out and it would come out no problem, but it wouldn't fall free. And almost every other magazine, and, and all the other magazines, and even that one, when I was, because uh, later I got it to, it would jump right, you know, the, you hit that paddle release and it kind of, it, it sort of shoots itself out a little bit. So... I'm not sure what's going on with that. Maybe it was something in the way I was holding the gun. I don't know. I'll do some more experiments with it. Um, maybe the gun just needs a little bit more of a thorough clean. But I don't know. Maybe this, it's probably got to do something with that magazine because there was no other... None of the other magazines did that. So anyway, accuracy of the gun, uh, of course, is way better than me. It, it can. It's more accurate than I can shoot. I can definitely tell I haven't been to the range in a while. Uh, you know, part of it is sort of shooting a new gun, but part of it is I haven't shot in so long that I can tell the basics and the fundamentals are have gone down. So I really need to get out there and fire more. I do think that some of the dry firing that I've been doing has helped, but it's not, you know, it's not like uh, live fire. You know, you 
you're not getting that recoil and all that other stuff. So I shot for me. I shot okay. I, I should be able to do better. Uh, again, I'm trying to learn it. I don't know panel-wise. I may want to swap some panels out and swap maybe some back straps and then fire live with those and sort of see how those do with me. Sometimes a little bit fuller grip in your hand gives you a little bit better uh, stability with the gun, I guess, for lack of a better word. I never felt that I didn't have control of it, but definitely the uh, the recoil of it is different than the Glock and how I hold the Glock and everything and that's again what I'm so used to it's going to take me a little bit of time having said all that uh, oh I didn't I did have one failure of it to lock back but I absolutely and I didn't think I would have that but I absolutely know what that was and that was because my thumb sort of rode that slide release again and that was the only actual error of the gun I guess that I had other than that one magazine not necessarily wanting to drop quite free so I'll work with that magazine a little bit maybe I need to clean up the magazine a little maybe there's a little slight burr on it that at a certain point so I'll, I'll really go over and look at it and sort of see what I think So let's talk about overall impressions of actually shooting the gun. I really like shooting the gun. It fits my hand well. But I can tell with this gun I really have to pay attention to my fundamentals. Um, for me I can, I can tell more so than with the Glock. I can tell, oh that's, that was a flyer. Oh. I've got my finger over too far. I need to pull it back. Oh, I'm I'm pressing. I'm not pressing straight back. I'm pressing kind of curling it kind of in a little bit. And then I could see, oh, all right. Well, yeah, those shots sort of went where I thought they were going to go. So I think that I get better feedback, if that makes sense, with the gun. I don't think it's like a placebo effect, if you know what I mean, if that even makes sense. But I do think I, I think the more that I shoot the gun, I think the better that I'll become with it. And I think that I can interpret the feedback of it that, it, that I'm getting from the gun a little bit better. Uh, I tend to tense up too much and I have to relax let myself sort of relax and when I would do that when I would relax a little and keep a good grip on the gun and do my part I would I shot quite well now I've talked before about how my eyesight isn't the greatest anymore and what I had to do is I don't have bifocals yet. Well, what I want to do is I'm definitely going to get a pair of glasses primarily just for for shooting or what I may do is with my other prescription. I've talked about those stick-on lenses before 
and I'm going to try some of those. I'm going to order a set of those and see how those doing. What I had to do this time, just to be able to see the front sight, my prescription is for, I'm very nearsighted. So my prescription is so, is so strong to correct that, that I can't really see the front sight. It's all kind of a blur now. I could kind of line them up, but it's, it's too much of a blur. So a while back I went to like Walgreens or Walmart or one of these places and I got, I think it was at Walmart where I did it. I got a, I went back to the toy section, got a Nerf gun that kind of matched, you know, what would be the, the, uh, the distance of the front sight for me. And then I took that up to the glasses section and I got some, the reading glasses and I would put those over my glasses, like just put them over in front. So I'm sure I look like an idiot, but, and that way I, I could get it to where I could focus on the front sight. So because I don't have a dedicated shooter's glasses with a, that bifocal grind in there or the, the lens in there, what I have to do is I have my regular glasses on and then I take those reading glasses and I put them on over mine so that I can actually see. I can actually see the front sight. So I'm sure I look like I'm some kind of insane weirdo, uh, which I kind of look like that most of the time anyway, but I especially look like that uh, shooting today. And I'd like to, uh, hopefully, because and then when I do that, what happens is that the target is totally blurred out. And I tried to, like, cock the glasses a little bit, like slant them to one side to where it was coming down over my right eye, but not so much over my left so that I could kind of see that. Um, but it didn't really work out. And so I had to have the glasses kind of over, like riding on top for both lenses. So the target was kind of a blur. I also didn't really shoot out super far. Like I said, I was pretty much wanting to see functionality of the gun. And, uh, if I did my part, you know, what I could do. So like I had said before, the gun is way more accurate than me. The uh, Once I run some defensive ammo through, and then once I put maybe, I don't know, I probably want to put a total of about a thousand rounds in it before I actually start to carry so that the... Um, the feel and the operation of the gun and everything like that is, is has gotten to be pretty natural. So even though I like it real well, I don't think I'll be carrying it uh, until I can put a lot more rounds through it, until I actually get the gun really dialed in for me sort of mentally, if, if that makes sense for you guys. So anyway... That was kind of my first experience with it. I'm still I'm still processing some of the information and some of the feedback that I got. I'd like to maybe go out to the desert with it uh, again with maybe two or three hundred rounds, and that way that I'm, I'm I'm not distracted by anything. I can practice drawing. I can do some other stuff. 
I can shoot on the move, see how I do with that, shoot while moving, you know, shoot, draw. And I'm, I'm not even going to do, at first, I'm not even, I really won't do the concealed stuff. But I'm going to, like I had said before, I'm going to actually make kind of like a range holster for me to go. And then I'll, I'll draw from that like if I was in a class. But I, I think I want to go out to the desert so that I can move, I can do different positions and do those type of things. I also will need to make some magazine holes or carriers for them. Those are pretty easy to make, but I'll just make those out of Kydex. So, all right. Well, I think that's about it for my impressions. So I'll close this out by saying thanks for going to the range with me today. I hope you enjoyed it. All right. We are back once again in the palatial firearms cafe recording studio like i said at the end of our mobile time i hope you enjoyed going to the range with me and kind of getting some of my thoughts sort of right before and right after i've had a few days to sort of let the experience kind of wash over me and think about it a little bit and i've come to the following conclusions is that i really like the gun i really like the ergonomics of it it shoots well uh, so accuracy, it shines. Ergonomically, it shines. I like the gun. I still need to go out and shoot some defensive ammo. I'm hoping to do that this weekend. And I want to shoot probably a couple more hundred rounds of ball. So about another 400 rounds. And probably by the end of that time, I'll be relatively comfortable with carrying it. I have, I, I think I talked about like that. I had one of the magazines that just it didn't drop free. I've loaded it up and done some other things with that particular magazine and it seems to do it. So I'm not exactly sure why I've looked at it. I can't really, I took it apart. I can't really see anything that's different. So who knows, maybe it was just kind of a little bit of a hiccup. Again, it wouldn't be anything that would uh, preclude me maybe from if I had to use it, using it, but it may be one that I just take to the range or something like that and probably won't use as far as carrying it for either in the gun or, or for a backup for ma- for a backup magazine for myself. One of the things I wanted to talk about with the ergonomics is that even though the gun is about the same size as the Glock 17 that I carry all the time, it actually in the hand, it feels smaller. It feels like it is more of an extension. It feels like I can get better feedback with the gun than I can with with the VP9 than I can with the Glock. You know, having said that, I, and I can shoot the Glock just fine. I'm, I'm real used to shooting it. I do, uh, like I said, though, I like the ergonomics of the VP9 better. And going kind of, kind of from one to the other, I was, I've been doing a lot of dry firing at home uh, with both guns and going from one to the other and doing magazine changes and things like that. I feel that I'm getting more proficient and like I said before, getting more feedback with that VP9. So I would recommend it. I like the gun and I I would not hesitate to recommend it. All right. Well, I've been singing the praises of the VP9. So let's talk about a few things that I would like to see HK do that I think would improve the gun. And the first thing let's talk about is the magazine. When you compare the size of the magazine to a Glock 17 magazine, they're pretty much the same size, pretty much the same width. There's really no reason why they couldn't have come out with a 17 round magazine. I know why they didn't do it because they're using the magazine from other platforms. So for them, from an economic standpoint, it doesn't really make sense to 
try and tool up a new magazine uh, that may not be that may or may not be able to be uh, sort of backwards compatible with some of the other stuff that they had. I don't know if they could maybe had worked on shorten in the spring a little bit. I don't know then if you get into reliability issues, but I think it could be done. I've talked before about that there are extensions that you can get for the magazine that would make it a 17 rounder, or you can get it up to, I think, a five round extension on there, which would give you 20 rounds. I probably will buy a couple of those, maybe like the two round extension and the five round and just see how they do. Maybe if anybody from HK Parts Net is out there listening and they wanted to send me one for T&E or if anybody knows anybody that works there, give them a heads up and have them help your old buddy Tony out and get in contact with me and send them to me. Heck, I might even contact with them and get in contact with them and then have them tell me no. But anyway, I definitely want to test those things out. The other thing is the sights on the gun. The sights that come, there's a, there's sort of the LE version and then there's the regular Joe version, I guess. The regular Joe version has those ones that you have to charge it with a light and then they'll glow. But they use kind of that ramped back sight. So what when my gun had, the guy had replaced them, and I've got the original sights still, but he had replaced the original sights with some Trigicon night sights. So they're a three dot, but that back back sight is still that ramp sight. So you can't really do any manipulations with the gun using that back sight. I've tried to do a few things with the, the charging, um, what do they call it? Um, the little ears or the little wings on the back of the gun, which I still like, but you don't get that same access. It's harder to, it's much, you can do it, but it's much, much harder to do than if you just had like a 90 degree sight that was coming up. Uh, to the slide and so you've got some purchase area so there so i would like to see them do that with the gun also the the trigger safety so that little part that sticks out like on the glock everybody calls it the dingus it's ribbed and i'd like to see it be smooth i think it would uh it would add a little bit into the shooting comfort especially when you're shooting a long time that can kind of wear on you some other things that I would like to see is the magazine release, the little paddle. It would, and I, again, this is just wish list stuff. I would like to see maybe a part that you could replace that, maybe with uh, aluminum or a metal that would just be a little bit more durable. And then also the back plate where it allows you to see the striker indicator, whether it's cocked, I guess has that whole, I always thought that was kind of maybe a little bit of a gimmick. I don't think it's necessary. I'd like to see them offer that in a solid back piece. Now there have been videos on YouTube that I've seen where people have, they've thought that they've had problems with that, but it lets maybe their water or debris get into the, the channel and then it kind of gums up the works and it can cause failures. Now let's talk a little bit about some of these torture test videos. Sometimes I think they go so far beyond the pale of what you would normally expect the gun to do in normal everyday carry. And we've talked before about, you know, when we, when we, when we say, well, is this impossible? Is it probable? If it is probable, how likely is that to happen? And some of this torture test stuff, boy, I just don't, I don't see it happening. I don't see the likelihood of it happening. You know, I don't, know when we're looking at the probability of it and i know it goes back to that hope for the best but prepare for the worst but you know for me 
I don't have any qualms about gonna be, being able to carry the gun. Uh, I, I like I had said earlier, I still want to go out and shoot. I need to. Well, I have to. Number one, I have to shoot more of the defensive ammo through it. I have to shoot that. I also need to shoot some more ball through it before I kind of feel comfortable with it as a carry gun. And once I do that, I I'm not going to have any problems or issues with carrying it. So. All right. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed my little sojourn out to the range and my experience with the VP9. Uh, overall, the pluses outweigh any of the cons. I don't think any of the cons or anything that for me would prevent me from carrying the gun. Some other shows that you might want to listen to are Modern Rifleman Radio. You've got Chaz over at uh, the Road Gunner Podcast. There's Arm Squirrel Project. There's a Slam Fire. There's tons and tons of other shows out there. I know I'm missing a bunch, but give those guys a listen. And I think that's going to do it. I will talk to you guys next time. <laughs>